0: Hello, I'd like to welcome you and myself back to the Mindful Being podcast with Mariah Catalan. Today, I wanted to share with you all my birth story, uh, because that's where um, I'd like to kind of start back off with you all. Um, It has been about four months. My baby is the best thing ever, and also motherhood is the hardest thing that I've ever done. And I will definitely be sharing a lot more about that and everything that comes with it on this podcast in the future. Um, But today, I just wanted to jump right in and tell you guys about how she came to be with us Earthside. So early February, um, I started just having this feeling earlier in the week um, that things were starting to move towards birth Um, and my husband also he just was like, I think she's going to be born this weekend and her due date wasn't until a few days later so um, it was before the due date so a lot of people Mm -hmm. were like skeptical Um, they were definitely more like, oh you guys have a long way to go, like first babies they don't usually come like that early Um, and yeah, so Not many people thought that that was going to be the case for us, but we, um, we both kind of just had this feeling. So the morning before I started labor, I just kind of had a feeling like she's going to be coming. So I took the day a little bit easier. I had been, you know, exercising partly to try to, you know, induce labor but also I had been just trying to stay fit and, and healthy so that, um, cause I actually felt better when I was moving rather than like days that I would just like sit around and not do anything. Um, I actually felt better as long as like I was keeping everything moving and that just meant, you know, walks and stuff. I wasn't doing anything crazy, but, um, that day I decided, you know, what, I'm going to take it a little bit easier of a walk today. Um, rather than like. Oh, I'm gonna like walk this baby out, you know. I was like, you know what? I feel like I might be starting labor soon, so I'm just gonna move, but I'm gonna do less than I, you know, have been doing and just take a little bit easier of a day. So I did that, I got the sunshine and, you know, moved around, and then I got back, and, you know, sometime that day I did like a little dance party with me and baby. And I don't know, I just kind of was like, it was like, somehow I had an intuition or somehow like she was communicating with me, like, okay, I'm going to come out now, mom. So we just had like this like special little day together. I felt that was like, okay, like this is our last little bit of you being in here with me in this way. Um, so yeah, I had a little dance party and just kind of danced around the living room and, um, yeah. And at this point, like I hadn't had any real physical signs of labor. Like it was just kind of like an intuition. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of followed that. I ate my dates, you know, they're supposed to help with birth process and stuff. I'd been eating them every day. So I like ate my dates. I did like all the things and, um, you know, I hadn't done anything really to try to promote labor yet. So that night I decided, you know what, I'm going to pump today. So like, you know, do using a pump can kind of stimulate things to help things get going, or that's the idea. Um, but I didn't do like a lot more than that. There are quite a few things out there on the internet if you search like how to start labor. Um, so I didn't do that. I just kind of did like a little pumping. And I actually like took my unison that I've been taking to help me sleep. Took it a little earlier. I was like, I'm going to lay down early. You know, just in case I start labor, like I just want to get a good night's sleep and worst case scenario, I just get a good night's sleep and don't start labor. So said good night to my husband, went to bed. um, And then I woke up around 1030. um, But I think partly because I I had taken the Unisom, I was like kind of groggy and like, you know, feeling the pains, but like wasn't really sure what was going on, and I also was just tired and didn't want to get out of bed, so I just laid there for a bit while the contractions would come, and I was just like, I don't know, like, is this, and then eventually it got, like, more serious, where I was like, this is really uncomfortable laying in bed still, so I had to get up, Um, but at this point, my husband had still, you know, been watching TV or something in the living room and hadn't gone to bed yet. So I didn't tell him, um, I think, you know, I think I just laid in bed until he fell asleep. So like that, he had come to bed around that time. Um, and so I kind of just laid there until he was asleep, which just takes two seconds, which is very frustrating, but that's a whole other topic. Um, so Yeah, so I got up and I was like, okay, I'm going to go start like my thing. I had like my yoga room or guest room kind of set up. I burned some Palo Santo. I lit a candle, had like, you know, just like really nice mellow lighting. And I was using this app that's for hypnobirthing. So it's like breathing, like it's talking through affirmations that you've kind of gone through before birth. Um, you know, you've kind of reinforced those in your head already. And then also once like a surge or contraction comes, it's a timer. And then it also just kind of helps you regulate your breathing through it. So, um, so I was using that. I had my like yoga ball. I was like, okay, like I'm going to be here for a while. You know, this is the space I'm going to be like, you know, doing my birth process in. And I was hoping to be home for quite a few hours. Um, but By one o'clock in the morning, I was like, these seem like they're coming really close together. Like they don't seem like they're very far apart. I'm not really getting a break between these very much. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get, I'm going to start the timer. So I started the timer part of the um, app and, and they say like to, to know if you're in established labor, it's having contractions, um, five minutes apart for lasting for about a minute long for an hour. So those were the things that I was told by my doctor to look for before I were to come in. But also because we do live really on a ranch pretty far out and like, it's going to be a process to get to the hospital. I was like, okay, when should I go? And she's like, when they're about five minutes apart, like you should come in. So I, you know, start the timer and they're coming like two minutes apart three minutes apart, back to two minutes apart. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is fast. Like I, I thought it was, they were coming close together, but, um, but this is really fast. So I ended up waiting out that full hour just to make sure like, that's where we were at. We were at established labor, um, and then I went in and woke up my husband and I was like, okay, <laughs> time to go and he was like what So um, we were both I think expecting you know to have some more labor time at our house um, I was expecting to hopefully get a few more centimeters dilated and like you know kind of do the thing wait till like a pretty active labor before we got in the car um, but since they were, coming so quick. And, you know, I'm like, I don't know what's happening. So we should probably just go and, and get checked in that way. We're already there. Um, in case things are going faster than we went faster because they seem to be going fast. So we get there, which is no easy feat, uh, very windy road. Um, I think the contractions probably slowed to like five minutes apart while we were going. So they were still coming, but they did slow down a bit while we were on the road. Um, but yeah, laboring on a car is not fun. Um, I wasn't even in crazy active labor, but just very, very uncomfortable. And especially on like a windy road that you're not like still and straight. And yeah, it's just either any circumstance I'm assuming it's just not really fun. Um, but anyways, we get in, you know, I like stop for a contraction as we're just walking in, you know, they're, they're still coming and it's still going on feels like forever before we get like checked in. And then once we're in, um, they take us right to the OB ward. So this hospital that we went to is just, um, has like one floor that's like for OB. So one side is delivery. One side is postpartum. Um, and it's really like, we had really great experience. Love the hospital, love all the nurses, but, um, we get in there, but I'm not admitted yet. So they get me in, uh, they want to check and see how dilated I am. And, um, you know, they see like, they hook me up to the monitors and stuff. They do see that, like, you know, I am having contractions and stuff. Um, but like I said, they had slowed down a little bit. So they probably were five minutes apart at that point. Um, but I was still, you know, constantly having them. So they check and I was like, maybe a centimeter half a centimeter, like not even dilated. And like the goal is 10, right? So very discouraging hearing those words. Like, you know, we're, we just did this whole drive all the way over. I've already been in labor for a couple of hours and they're very frequent contractions. And they're like, okay, well, you know, we'll watch you for a couple hours and then we'll check you again before, you know, you admit you. And I'm just like, wait, what? Like, I'm clearly in labor right now. And you're not even going to admit me. So they're like, yeah, maybe, you know, if things haven't progressed, you can guys can go to breakfast or something and come back when things are a little bit more, you know, farther along. And I'm just like, like, are you kidding me? Like, I am having two minute apart contractions. Like I'm not going to breakfast somewhere. Like I'm in labor. So like talk with my husband and we're like, okay, like if this was what's to happen, you know, like they weren't going to admit us. We were just going to go like to the car and just like get as comfortable as we could in the car and just wait it out there until things started, started getting more serious. And we just come back, you know, cause we were not going to drive all the way back home. So anyways, we're in there, you know, I'm doing my hypnobirthing app. I'm doing my breathing, um, contractions are still coming, you know, um, pretty frequently, and I go, go those two hours before they want to check again. And I have made a little bit of progress, but it was like from like, I think half a centimeter to like one and a half. So like, you know, technically that is pretty fast for just like a two hour phase of a new mom, but it still wasn't like to the point where they're like, oh yeah, like let's admit you because you're going to have this baby really soon. They were like, eh, it could be paternal labor, which, you know, it could go on for a few days. And I was like, oh my gosh, like. Are you kidding me? I just wanted like desperately to be admitted, and like looking back, side note, I'm sure that that had something to do with my ability to relax and you know progress with my labor because I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel like that was a place where I could you know birth my baby because I was in this like weird unknown mental state of like, are they going to let me stay and what's going to happen? Um, so I'm sure that like alone is, is not really conducive to helping things progress. But, um, anyways, they eventually, you know, see on the monitor that like my contractions are still happening. Um, they checked me after the four hours and I think I was about the same. Um, so they were like, look, like we talked to the on-call doctor and he said that because, you know, you live far and everything, like, we can go ahead and admit you as long as you um agree to like maybe have some interventions later on which i was hoping for you know completely natural without um epidural or without any pain meds or definitely without c section if at all possible and i do understand that sometimes that's not an option so my mind was open but at the same time i was going you know my my plan was to have as natural as possible so I, at that point I'm like, yes, I just agree. Like, I just need to be like comfortable. I need to be admitted. I need to know that this is the place, you know, I'm going to have my baby and, and it's all going to be working out. So we, um, we agreed to that. And then I proceeded to go through labor for the next about 22 hours, I'd say, um, constant contractions, two to five minutes apart. Um, I went into their, their tub for a while. We had like multiple different nurses as they were changing shifts and stuff. Everybody was great. Um, but they mostly left me alone. Cause I was, you know, part of my birth plan was just to try to like, you know, do things on my own. I moved into different positions. I was walking. I was in the, that tub, like, you know, just all the different things that I, you know, was kind of learning about doing and tried to do, spent some time like on the birthing ball and standing up in the bathroom, leaning on the sink, like all the things. Um, I had combs that I was pinching, you know, like squeezing in my hands, um, when the surges would come like to help kind of distract the brain. Um, it doesn't work as great as they say it does, they're like, oh, there's like gate theory. And if you squeeze the comb, then uh, your brain can only focus on one thing at a time. So it's going to like distract from the pain of the contraction because your brain is focused on the comb. Um, I don't know that that's really what happened for me, but at the same time, I didn't want to let go of it. It definitely was something like I wanted to have in my hand. So I think it did help, but not to the extent that, um, they made it seem like it would. But anyways, go through all of that. And by this time, the hospital, the nurses are just kind of like, okay, we talked to the doctor again and he wants to start you on Pitocin because you are having contractions, but they are from like two to five minutes apart. Sometimes they would even come back to back and be like less than a minute apart. So they were constantly happening and my body was, you know, in labor, but it wasn't, um, consistent. And because of the, the lack of consistency, it was probably kind of just causing things to move slowly. Not that they weren't moving, but it was just not moving quickly. And, um, yeah, so they're like, you know, the doctor wants to start you on pedosin. And at that point I had already considered a couple times asking for the epidural because I was exhausted coming from, you know, not any sleep, like maybe an hour, hour and a half, of sleep. Um, and then, you know, 20 something hours of labor at that point, I was exhausted. And, um, you know, the, the contractions were getting more intense. Um, yeah, it was hard. It was really tough. I mean, my mother-in-law, father-in-law stopped by for a quick minute and, you know, it helps me through a couple of contractions, but, like, I was like, ugh, I can't, you know, I can't have other people in here. I just need to be like alone with my husband. So he asked them to go. But, you know, they're really like trying to help and stuff. But it's just you, when you get in that zone, you just kind of like, you can't, you can't have the distractions and stuff. So, um, so yeah, like, we, you know, it'd been a long time. I was exhausted and, you know, I was just like, okay, like I already considered, you know, and my husband already reminded me a couple times, like, you can do this. You've already done it so long. Like you can do it without the epidural. It's what you wanted. So, um, but once they said Pitocin, I was like, you know, I can't, if we're going to do Pitocin, I cannot, I can barely get through the regular contractions. Um, I definitely can't do like the medicalized ones that are, going to be more intense and less relief between. So I was like, all right, like give me the epidural first, and then you can give me Pitocin. So by the time I get the epidural it was about 24 hours of labor. And like part of the thing that I made that decision was like, here I am, like, you know, it's holding my ground, trying to do everything natural, trying to do things without intervention. Um, But like, once you get to the end goal, you have a, a new human baby that you have to take care of. (laughs) And I started to realize that, like, as we were getting closer to that, I was like, I need to have energy to take care of this baby. Like, I can't be doing another 24 hours of this. Like, I'm going to be dead. I'm not going to enjoy the, like, snuggles with my baby. I'm going to be exhausted. Like, I'm not going to be able to feed her and take care of her like I want to. So that's kind of what played into, like, I need some rest. I need epidural. So I made that decision. We, we went into the delivery room. They started the epidural. Um, and the craziest thing was like, as soon as they got that going and I kind of settled into the bed, um, I look up and I just have like this incredible deja vu moment, which for me, they always seem to happen as like a reinforcement that I'm in the right space. I'm made the right decisions. i because like the reason I'm seeing this is because it was like kind of a meant to be scenario, so that's why I have the deja vu. Like that's personally how I always have have felt about it. Um, and so it was like, yeah, I like remembered like I've seen this whole scene before. It was like you know the hospital light in the ceiling, the border of a wallpaper, the nurse, like everything was like crazy deja vu. And I even said right then, like, well, I'm having deja vu, and like I feel like that's like a sign to me that I'm making the right decision. Like this is the right call. Like, even though I thought I wanted to do everything without pain meds, um, that I'm making the right decision. That just gave me some like true peace. So I think I was able to rest, um, partly because I, you know, I had the medicine, but also partly because I was at peace in my heart with the decision as well. So I mean, I say rest, I think I did fall asleep a little bit, but you have a blood pressure cuff that goes off every 30 minutes and squeezes the crap out of your arm. You have nurses coming in to check things. Um, you know, they gave me an IV, so like they have to check that. Like there's just all kinds of things going on, sounds, my husband snoring in the corner, like so much going on that, um, it really makes it tough to actually sleep, but I was able to rest, that's for sure. So, um... Yeah. So once, oh, I forgot to say once, once they got me on the epidural, they were like, okay, let's check you again. Cause you know, now you're numb and, and checking isn't gonna be as painful and tough as a process. So they checked me and I was only at four centimeters after 24 hours of labor. So I was really grateful that I had already started interventions at that point, because I think if I had heard that, Otherwise I just would have been so, so disappointed and so exhausted and just, yeah, like that would have been really, really hard to hear if I hadn't already made decisions about helping things move along. So I was grateful that we were already moving along with that. So a few hours later of epidural unrest, um, they checked me again and I went from four centimeters to 10. So apparently my body just needed that little time to relax uh, recharge and just totally, you know, do its thing. The, the Pitocin helped. They gave me that one dose. Um, it, it's in like a IV bag basically. And so like they, they hung the one bag and that's kind of what helps things even out and, um, you know, progress while I was resting and they ended up not needing to give me another bag. It was just the one. So my body kind of like oh, this is how we get into the rhythm of it. And so it kind of took over after that. And, um, yeah, so I was at 10, they decided they're like, okay, well I'll let the doctor know. Um, you know, he, and he said, you know, how do we do a practice push? Like it 5am or something, you know, he's like, well, how do we do a practice? Kind of see where we're at with things. And, uh, and then he'll come in. Cause you know, he's on call, so he's at home. And I, they have me do a practice push, and my water breaks. <laughs> We're like, okay, things are really happening now. So, um, so he's you know on his way, and they have me continue to push because it's the right time. And, um, probably my husband said it, probably about six contractions. Uh, the doctor got there like just in time. Um, I had the, the mirror, I asked for the mirror, which I, I don't know that I would have if I didn't have pain meds, but I'm like, you know what? Like, I want to see what's happening and I want to watch my baby be born and I'm not in any, in any, in any pain right now. So, um, I just want to see this and I'm so grateful I did It's a miracle to watch. Um, and I think it helped with pushing as well to be able to kind of see what was going on. Um, but yeah, so the doctor got there just in time. I'm pushing, and out comes little baby Elena. Um, They put her right on my chest, and we had, like, couple, you know, golden hours where they're just, you know, we're just there snuggling and just in love with her. She, like, lifts her head up right away. Everybody was so impressed with how strong she was just from, you know, that first moment. She started, you know, pecking around, looking for the breath so she could feed, and, um yeah, so it was it was pretty cool to see her just like instantly want to be like participating in the world in the way that she was going to and yeah, so we we decided to name her Elena Sophia and um yeah, that was that was the birth story. Um the rest of the stay in the hospital was tough, but um but nice, you know, we had a lot of people tending to us and coming to see the baby. Uh, we have friends that came and, of course, family that came into the hospital to see her being the first granddaughter on my husband's side. She's still very, very loved. Um, so, yeah, we we survived. <laughs> um, it was very tough. Because, you know, you go through all of that labor and then suddenly you have this human who literally needs you for, you know, every little thing and is wanting to be close to you because they're in this big, strange, cold world that they have, you know, never experienced before and everything's scary and loud and... And different, and um, you know, the clothes on their skin, and just everything, you know, feeling hunger, just everything is brand new, and you know, probably pretty scary, and just you know, whole new experience for the little ones. So um, yeah, so you're suddenly thrust into motherhood, you know, in that first second of her arriving here I am, you know, and I'm a mom now, and it's just such a crazy feeling, and, you know, my husband and I were just very, very excited, happy feelings when she first was, like, placed on my chest and everything, and then, um, once the doctors and nurses, they kind of like, cause when, for the actual birth, you know, you have like the team for the baby, the team for me, kind of a lot of people doing their thing. But once they all kind of finished, they left the room and it's just the three of us for a moment for the first time. And that's when like all the tears came, all the waterworks, we were just like, oh, like I can't believe that she's here and she's so perfect. And yeah, we just had that really beautiful moment with the three of us and our new little family. So I have so many more stories to share since then, but I thought this would be a great place to start. So thank you for um, patiently waiting for me to be ready to start the podcast again. Thank you for listening to our story. I'd love to hear back if you have any comments or if you'd like to share your own story with me. Um, You can find me on Instagram, my Catalan or my mindful being one either way. Um, and I just hope you all have a beautiful day and I hope to be back on soon. I'm not sure how often I'm going to be able to record these. I can't believe the baby has slept this long. So, um, I will be back on as often as I can. Um, I have some really cool ideas, some really cool things to share with you. Um, I'm starting to feel a little bit more myself from the postpartum phase and um, just wanting to kind of get back into these sharing moments. So I really do plan to get back on as much as possible, but I am also taking care of another human who doesn't always have the same plans um, for life as I do. So I hope to be back with you soon.